The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Pet lovers, we enjoy being with you each week as we bring you the latest and the greatest pet news. Right, Dr. Fleck? You bet. So speaking of news, did you hear this one, Dr. Fleck? A metal-loving dog snuck into a legendary metal band Metallica's concert, and the band posted about the surprise guest at their August 25th L.A. show on Facebook. On their page, it was written, you might have heard we had a four-legged fan join us for... M72LA referring to their ongoing international tour. And also, despite reports to the contrary, our friend Snorm snuck out of her home, sounds like a teenager, adjacent to SoFi Stadium, and made her way to the gig all by herself. Storm thoroughly enjoyed the sold-out show, according to Metallica, who posted a picture of the adventuresome pup seated at the venue. She had a great time listening to some of her favorite songs, including Bark's Externa, Master of Puppies, and The Mailman That Never Comes. After a full night of taking in the show with her Metallica family, Storm was safely reunited with her actual family the next day, the band wrote. Storm was taken to a nearby shelter after she was found at the concert, according to a Facebook post from the Animal Hope and Wellness Foundation. Her owner saw the post and picked her up the next day, the shelter said. What do you think, Dr. Fleck? Perfect. A perfect, perfect, <laughs> I think, since Storm is. That's great. I guess, you know what I was thinking? Storm probably hears all kinds of music since she lives so close to that venue, SoFi Stadium. So if she's done it once, she's probably done it before. You know, if you think of the strategy, you want to get into a Metallica concert free, just bring your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another story, and this one is about a new trend that I've talked about a few times this year. According to the Allegheny County Police Department, another pet owner left her dog in an airport parking lot after learning the pet couldn't travel with them on a trip to a resort destination in Mexico. Yes, and that owner has been charged with one misdemeanor count of animal cruelty, according to the Allegheny County Police Department. Early in August, the dog was found sitting in a stroller unattended in a parking lot at the Pittsburgh International Airport. According to Allegheny County Police, the canine owner abandoned the dog after airline staff told this couple their pet had to be put in a crate to fly on the plane. The Pennsylvania Police Department shared an update about the canine after hearing from several concerned citizens. On their social media pages, the Allegheny County Police wrote, the dog is doing well and is still being fostered. So this is the fourth story that I talked about this year. And you know what's so interesting about this story? It is a French bulldog. So, you know, this dog will find a home. But can you believe this? This is what people are resorting to. What I don't understand is so many people travel with dogs. How is it that these idiots, okay, never called the airline what they thought they could just stroll the dog onto a plane? I don't know what these people thought, but it's so amazing to me because to me, this 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 symbolizes what happens when many people come into the office for for vaccinations. 
for health reasons, right? The important for health reasons, and they pay five, six, ten thousand dollars for the pet for the puppy, and then they want to complain about a five dollar rabies shot. I just, I really do not. Or they get don't it. want a rabies shot, but they want the nails trimmed. I mean, you know, the reality is one of them could have taken the dog because this happened when I was married to my husband. One of my dogs supposedly was too big they to fit into the carrier bag under the seat. The seats are different sizes. So generally what happens is they said, no, the dog's too big. The carrier bag that you have is too big. Now, they were both Sherpa bags. It just didn't fit under the American Airlines seat. So they said, well, the airline sells crates. So go and see if there was a crate, which I did. Right. And they had no crates. So my husband was cooking the Thanksgiving dinner for my friend in Seattle. I said, just go ahead. I'll take the dog home. I'll get my ticket changed and I'll get a crate and come back the other day. I had crates at home Well, I was getting upset. He was upset. I won't go. I said, you got to go. You got to cook the dinner. They'll pick you up at the airport. So a woman tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, don't cry. It's okay. People dump their crates at the airport all the time because they buy a dog and they can't fit the crate in the car. So they leave it behind. They just take the dog out and say, keep the crate. So is there a lost and found department for crates? No, they pick it up for the where the dog section is. So uh, and you know what? But I'm still friends with that woman today. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Let's go on with the show, Charlotte. Give us the rundown. This week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about developing a pet plan of action and a petitude for the holidays, the work of human remains dogs in Maui, when to buy Halloween costumes, vegan dog treats, why your dog should never drink from puddles, and Sarah Jessica Parker's adopting her furry co-star. And joining us today is Don Fendler, CEO of the Hawaiian Animal Rescue Foundation discussing what is happening with the animals of Maui, especially those of Lahani. Welcome to the Pet Buzz, Dawn. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy day to be here with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, before we get started, tell us a little bit about the Hawaiian Animal Rescue Foundation. Oh, absolutely. So Hawaii Animal Rescue Foundation, people call it HARF for short. Um, has been around for a little over 12 years. Uh, we are a small uh, 501c3 nonprofit organization on the island of Maui. And our specialty is to um, rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome primarily dogs and horses, um, including livestock. And we've been doing that, um, uh, like I said, for the past 12 years, but things have changed a lot in the last few weeks. So we are um, housing lots of kinds of animals right now. I believe that. So how are the animals on Maui, especially those um, that are left from Lahani? How are they doing? And, and what kind of health issues are you dealing with in terms of their health? Our organization is the second largest animal organization on the island. So the Humane Society is kind of the lead animal organization on island. They also do animal control and spay neuter and all that type of stuff. Um, so in the very beginning, um, we reached out to each other and we said we, we did, had that discussion of what were we each going to do in this emergency? 
it didn't make sense for us to double efforts, um, but to really figure out who is going to be best at what function um, so that we can do the most good possible. Um, so the Maui Humane Society is primarily focusing on um, just unowned dogs and cats um, that are basically stray or lost or injured. Um, they have a surgical, uh, full surgical suite whereas we do not. So um, most of the injured or burned animals are going there for care. Um, where we're picking up is that we're taking in the displaced dogs and cats and other animals that are owned by people that have lost everything. So these are the uh, families in Lahaina that have lost their homes, lost their jobs, lost their cars, and they the only thing they have left is each other and, um, and their pets. Dawn, it must be a huge job just helping all of those people in need, especially if they're displaced. I mean, how are you are you getting help? I mean, who's giving you help to feed all these animals and how are you housing them? One of the wonderful things about Hawaii is that we really have a sense of ohana and aloha. So we really um, are a very tightly knit community. Um, the community has been amazing. Um, we have had um, just an outpouring of supplies and food and medical um, supplies, um, dog treats, collars, leashes, toys, um, you name it. I mean, we have so many supplies. It's just uh, incredible. Um, it's been a blessing because not only has it been such a surplus that it's able to, we're able to take care of all the animals in our care, but we've been able to re-gift it to other people that um, may have lost their job and can't afford it. So we're giving, um, we've kind of almost started a food pantry for the community to make sure that their pets that they do have are getting what they need. Prior to the fires, we've been a foster-based organization for all the many years that we've existed. So that means that all of our animals have always stayed in foster homes until they get adopted because we did not have a physical location. Just an outpouring of volunteer help. Our staff is small. We have only five employees, including myself. So we've been able to do this with the help of the community, which has just been invaluable to us. That's great. Well, we need to take a commercial break and come back with John. Fenler, CEO of Hawaii Animal Rescue Foundation, discussing how the animals, as well as their owners, as well as her staff, are coping after the recent wildfires that took place in the beginning of August. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes Magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called 
called Nature's Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called Nature's Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, we're back with Don Fenler, CEO of Hawaii Animal Rescue Foundation, talking about how the wildfires have affected the animals and their owners uh, in Maui. You know, it's interesting. As the body count increases for humans, do we know how many animals are presumed dead or missing? I mean, is there a way for pet owners to report their missing pets? Do you know? Yes. The count of missing or deceased animals is is basically unknown at this point. We have a huge feral cat population here on island, as we do throughout the state of Hawaii. So many of those animals are not microchipped or have any type of identification. I believe we've brought in to my last count, I think a a little over 300 found pets and animals have been evacuated out of the burn zone and are in treatment or having care. Um, But the actual uh, death toll, we don't know how high that is yet. Sure. I can only imagine. Plus you have the Godiva dogs and other uh, folks doing search and rescue. In some senses, it's very difficult because there's so much ash and that scene is so delicate. I would think at this point, I mean, since you are primarily a a foster organization, I would think it'd be very difficult to find families to foster now, correct? Well, we've had a, a really great outpouring of people offering to foster. This is such an unknown situation. Um, like you said, the, um, the, the ability to identify remains is very challenging. This they, They're calling this a fire tsunami. Uh, the temperatures were so high that the um, evidence that's been left behind is very minimal. So DNA collection is slow and meticulous. It's a very slow, meticulous process, which is frustrating for everyone that wants to get in and, you know, look for possessions, see if their home's still standing, um, look for pets um, and, and those types of things. Now, I understand, and we talked about this here on the Pet Buzz last week, Alaskan Airlines pitched in, uh, yes, took 20 of these, uh, I believe, dogs and cats. 
they took some adoptable cats with from one of our partner organizations here on island that specifically does cats mm -hmm. so we reached out to them and we said we've got some extra slots would you like to put some kitties on the plane and let's get them out of here too and they said absolutely we may continue to do that it will just depend on how many animals um, we have that are adoptable and the ability for Helen Woodward Center to um, take additional pets. So we're, it's all of kind of a work in progress. It has been said about Helen Woodward, it is the uh, shelter of the future. In the spring and in the summers for working parents, they run a camp for kids. Yeah, and That's so important now to get kids involved and active with animals because so many schools don't have pets in the classroom. And while, you know, there is controversy around zoos uh, as well as um, circus and rodeos, many people of a certain age, because this is before social media and you saw these things that went on, that was in some cases our first experience with animals. And it gave us the excitement and the love um, to see that small slice that we saw. Um, and I think, um, having a camp like that makes kids appreciate, makes kids understand that humanity is bigger than us. It's the way, and Gandhi said, as you know, a society is, should be judged or is judged by the way they treat their animals. I think that's one of the most fantastic things, um, that Helen Woodward does, but getting back to you, I, from what I understand, you also got a check. Is that true? Or you got help from Helen Woodward. They surprised you with a gift. We did not get a check from them, but they are paying for all of our flights. To That's the same thing as getting a check. <laughs> exactly the same as getting a check. Yeah. Well, in the night, and the good thing for us is that we know that those pets are going to a fabulous place. They will get wonderful homes. So it it, it is it is a relief to know that they are going to have a wonderful life and we don't have to worry about them and that they're going to be safe. It's just, it's, it's just wonderful how animal people can reach out and work together. How can our listeners help you and your organization? What can we do? Well, we're preparing for a long road ahead. Um, we've had, like I said, we had an outpouring of help, especially initially. Um, we're pretty overwhelmed with supplies. And um, because many of these animals may stay with us for a long time, um, we're looking down the road and um, financial don donations are the um, most important. Uh, we also have our um, Amazon wish list is posted on our website. So if you do want to send us something, that'll tell you specifically what we need. And we'll be changing that list as our needs change. So that way, you know that you're sending something that is um, that is going to go straight into use. Those are the two main things that we really need um, besides a lot of sleep on our end. <laughs> it's been a long road. It's been a long three weeks. Well, you know, I always say send a dollar, send five, send 10, send a thousand or send $10,000. Whatever you can afford or whatever you want to afford is really helpful. Anything that you can do, we ask you to do it. Before you go, give us your website. So we can check out your Amazon list, know more about you and, and find that website or social media page. Wonderful. So our website is harfcenter.org, or you can just Google us. We show up right at the top. Um, we have a, a, a way to donate through the website. Our wish list is there. Also, our mailing address is there. So for people that are not comfortable doing online donations, they can mail a check. 
our um, post office uh, uh, is still up and running at where we're at. So we're still getting mail, which is very great. Um, and then you can also check us out on Facebook. We're doing pretty regular posts there so you can see what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis and um, like us and you'll, you'll stay connected. A big shout out to you and your volunteers. We know the work that you do is hours and hours and hours, especially at a very difficult time. Just to remind you, that was Don Fenler, CEO of Hawaii Animal Rescue Foundation, discussing how the animals and their owners of Maui are coping after the wildfires. And just like that, Sarah Jessica Parker has a cat. And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? What's the name? And the just like that actress, Sarah Jessica Parker, revealed on Instagram last week, last Tuesday, that she adopted the kitten featured in the Hit Max series. Carrie Bradshaw's cat, Shoe, is now Parker's pet cat. With the announcement on Instagram, she shared a few pictures of her and her cat. In real life, the feline star is named Lotus and has been adopted from the Connecticut Humane Society. Lotus joins the Broderick Parker family with other cats, Remy and Smila. Up next, I bet you can't wait for my I likey of the week. Does your pet have dry, flaky and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. There are thousands of dogs and cats housed in shelters that need your help. Local shelter professionals and volunteers give their heart and soul to help unwanted animals and deserve your support. Americans give millions every year to national animal organizations. But unless you give to your local shelter, you can't be sure that money will make it to the pets that need it most. Adopt, volunteer, and give to your local animal shelter. To find your local shelter, go to humaneforpets.org. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called Nature blend it's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion nourished skin playful energy and most importantly their healthy full life for a limited time save up to 54 percent off nature's blend and get free premium dog treats go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511 text love to 511-511 i'm so confident your dog will love it your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee all pets are unique your pets results can and will vary message and data rates may apply Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. What's the newest trend in treats? That's the way. 
It's genius. It's to die for. The newest trend in treats is plant-based dog treats. Bright Planet Pet offers vegan dog treats that emulate the flavors and scents of real meat. The company offers U.S.-made treats that exemplify quality and conscience, reflecting the commitment to both responsible pet ownership and environmentally conscious practices. Bright Planet Pet offers meaty-tasting treats, smoky, delicious bites, and wholesome biscuits that can be found in over 4,000 retail locations across Across North America, allowing you to make an impactful choice for your pet's well-being as well as the planet. Tis the time for Flex Facts. Are you ready, Dr. Fleck? Dr. Fleck is ready. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. Dr. Fleck, so what are we going to talk about today? Well, why dogs should never drink from puddles. Good topic after the mm-hmm. hurricane here. good one. Good one. It's natural for dogs to lap up the first source of water they can find after a long walk outdoors, especially in the summer heat. But as their owner, you should make sure they're only drinking from safe sources. Puddles could end up leaving your best friend with all the kinds of infections and diseases and you with a massive vet bill. Okay, so I got it, but give me a little bit more specific. So why should you never let your dog drink from a puddle? Well, here's a few reasons. Puddles often contain a variety of contaminants, including bacteria, viruses, and parasites. Puddles contain chemicals such as pesticides, fertilizer, antifreeze, which are extremely toxic to the dogs. Staining water can become a breeding ground for harmful bacteria, such as leptospira, which can cause severe infections in dogs, leptospirosis. Puddles can attract insects like mosquitoes, which can transmit diseases such as heartworm to dogs. Additionally, standing water is an ideal environment for parasites to thrive, and dogs can become infected by drinking from the contaminated puddles. Because puddle waters are usually so dirty, you can't always see what's in them. There might be sharp objects, debris, or other hazards that your dog could ingest while drinking, which can lead to choking or GI tract blockages. That's just unbelievable because, you know, when you see a puddle, you never think too much of it. But I one of the reasons that I'm is so interested in this, because sometimes Churchill will want to drink from a puddle and I'm having to pull him away, especially since we've had all that rain from the hurricane. OK, so what do you do if your dog does drink from a puddle? Well, even the most attentive owners sometimes get distracted and may not notice that their dog has drunk contaminated water until they start feeling unwell. If you suspect that your dog is has consumed contaminated water from a questionable source, or if they exhibit any signs of illness, it's essential to consult your veterinarian promptly to rule out any health concerns. Okay, so talk about how you prevent your dog from drinking from a puddle. Well, the easiest way to avoid trouble is always to carry a foldable bowl and a bottle of clean water for your dog and offer them some H2O as soon as they start getting thirsty. And that's why I love that Loving Pets water bowl because it ah, flows flat. Yes. Put it on your purse, see, right here, yep. as well as your belt loop. Perfect. 
Perfect. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? Hey, that's all the Flex Fact for the week. Great. That was really an interesting topic and something that pet owners deal with so much. Hey, Charlotte, our next guest is on the phone. Can you introduce the segment? Sure. Well, according to research from the National Fire Protection Association, the wildfire disaster in Maui is the deadliest U.S. fire in 10 years. Officials have acknowledged the death toll is likely to increase and the true scale of casualties is unclear. But how are these casualties being found? Well, one answer. It's dogs, human remain dogs. Joining us today is Dr. Mary Cable, who is a professor emeritus at DRI, the Desert Research Institute, a recognized world leader in basic and applied environmental research. Her research career focused on applied science disciplines and decades of experience training, testing, and deploying the detection canines. So Dr. Cable, what are cadaver dogs and are there specific types of cadaver dogs working in Maui? Yes, uh, we tend to refer to them as human remains detection dogs. You will hear them um, termed cadaver dogs, um, but we generally call them um, HRD dogs, human remains detection dogs. So what breeds of dog are best for this type of work? Well, everybody certainly has their favorite. Um, I like Belgian Malinois, that's what I work, but you will see handlers working Labrador retrievers, uh, German shepherds. Some handlers have border collies. Uh, you'll f- see a few golden retrievers. We're really looking for uh, sort of a, a medium-sized dog that has all the right characteristics for the work. Um, but the characteristics that the dogs bring are a desire to play, uh, play with their handler, interface with the toy. Some dogs will work for food, but we we generally prefer them want to tug with the handler or um, do short retrieves. So these dogs uh, they love to work with us, but they're not working with us because they love us. They they love to play and they love that toy. So how are these dogs trained? I mean, other than the basic criteria of being medium size and the fact that they love to play. It's the same way we train explosive dogs or narcotics dogs. Uh, we present them with the target odor of human remains And we teach them that that odor is associated with the thing they love most in the world, which is their toy. So once they grasp that concept of um, this odor gets me my reward, um, the training generally progresses pretty quickly after that. We we teach them to do what we call a final response. And that's what tells the handler and the rest of the world, the dog has found the source of that odor. And, and then they get to play. Dr. Cable, can you describe the conditions that these dogs are working in generally? And do they need to wear special gear? Yeah, so in Maui, we're dealing with a, a mass fatal, what we would call a fatal fire. And it's a massive scene, it's very large. And we're looking at, to a great extent, complete combustion. And so the dogs are dealing with uh, physical hazards, So there's metal, there's probably glass, uh, there's ash and combusted material, there's toxins, all kinds of hazards. So they have to be able to negotiate and navigate through that. Um, When they are motoring around in the footprints, and uh, if people are walking through those footprints, they're kicking up all of that ash and dust. We call it aerosolization. So it gets into the air and then they have the risk of breathing that in. Um, so they're facing a lot of very difficult conditions and, and there's a lot of, um, heat 
associated with the um, the asphalt, the road system, um, not necessarily in the footprints anymore. Those fires have been put out. Uh, generally, to answer your question about what do they wear, we generally send them into these environments without any equipment on. We want them naked. We don't want them getting hung up on a collar or a harness. In Maui, you will see the dogs uh, wearing booties um, with uh, self-adhesive tape uh, attached to their feet. And that's not about what's going on in the footprint. That has to do with the, the road system that's still in place, the asphalt and the concrete. That's very hot. So no doggles, no, you know, vest or anything like that. Just going naked, going in naked. No, don't even think it. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, we need to take a commercial break and we're going to return with Dr. Mary Cable. It's so fantastic having her here and really understanding how these dogs work and how they're processing the information. So stay tuned. We'll be back up next. We have Global Pet News and Tell Me Something Good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrodologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and and country. Well, we're back with Dr. Mary Cable. She's a scientist and expert in training, testing, and deploying detection canines. So what challenges exist for the dogs and their handlers in Maui? I know we talked about the monochromatic scene and, and the heat. The heat is is probably the biggest challenge that those dogs have faced there. Um, and that's has more to do with the surface temperature of the ground and the air temperature. We think of Hawaii as, um, well, it is tropical, but you know, you think about hanging out on the beach and you've got the those lovely trade winds. That's not what these dogs are dealing with. They're dealing with no shade and hot concrete and asphalt and having to run in between those footprints um, and even though the footprints are not still at the burning temperatures, the fires are out when they run the dogs in, um, but it's a lot of heat and there's a lot of humidity that makes it very difficult for the dogs to dissipate heat. So they are on duty for as much as 12 hours at a time, but they are not able to work continuously for hours and hours at a time. So they're going out of the vehicle searching for a short time, and then they go back in the vehicle and they are being allowed to cool off. Dr. Mary, how do these dogs and handlers work together? I mean, I read um, from one handler, he said, the dog is not my friend, he's my work partner. And it's interesting because a lot of times when you're seeing soldiers return, so many soldiers want to bring back their dogs. That relationship seems to transcend. But in this particular article I read, the detection overseer said the dog's not his friend. It's, I guess, his partner. I love the word that you use, transcend. I think that's that actually resonates. And I was just asked this very question yesterday. I'm asked it all the time. Our dogs are working partners, and I'm sure many handlers would say, of course, my dog is my friend. I would say it doesn't end there. The deployments that 
human remains detection dog teams go into, whether it's a fire or or anything else, a criminal case, searching a backyard for a homicide victim, um, working plane crashes and train wrecks, things like that. These are intense situations. And we are asking our dogs to go into situations that are scary, that are potentially dangerous, that pose hazards, there are risks. Um, we'd go into those scenes together. So we rely on our dogs to handle their side of that partnership. So our job is, is very clearly defined and we direct the search and we tell the dog where to go and sniff. The dogs execute that. And when they get odor, they take over and they figure out where it comes from and they tell us where it's coming from. Um, and so it is absolutely a partnership. It's a very, very different relationship that transcends a friendly relationship. I'm not minimizing the relationship that anybody has with their pet at all. That is a very deep bond. It just is a an additional level of expectation and trust that goes on between a dog and a handler. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm thinking so many things are running through my mind right now, but I'm thinking of like, at the end of the day, if you're riding with your colleagues in the fire department or your colleagues in the police department, when you're working, there's friendships. It's not about friendship. It's about backing up the other person and being there for them. So I would think it would be something like that. But I guess this last question is really about the impact and how these jobs or these experiences, because I think this is more than a job, especially for the handler. How was the impact different on the dog versus the handler? Well, the dog does not understand the concept of, of death. They are not conscious of the fact that in a disaster setting or, or a homicide case or any other situation that would cause someone to die, that's not what the dogs are conceptualizing. They're very excited to go to work. This is what they do for a living. This is what earns them their paycheck. They absolutely are thrilled to go out and do the work. As handlers, of course, we do understand what has happened or what might have happened. And when we find those remains, um, we understand that this was someone's family member and someone's friend. We're not robots any more than the dogs are, um, but we do understand it's a job and we treat it in a professional manner. Um, and so there are certainly situations, if you do this long enough, that are going to stick with you but the dogs don't conceptualize it. They're just happy to be there. I would think sometimes you need to take a break because I would think all of that death and depending on the circumstance, what kind of, you just need a break. I, I think that varies from person to person. It depends on how many deployments you go on and what types of deployments you do. Um, I, I personally, I, I don't fly in small planes. I have worked enough, uh, enough plane crashes to know that, uh, they crash a lot and I see the ramifications of that and you don't walk away from a plane crash looking lovely. So um, that's that's one way that it's affected me. Sure. Well, Dr. Cable, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give us a website where our listeners can learn more about you and how these human remain dogs are trained and, and do their job? Sure, I'll give you two, two websites. One of them is searchdogs.com. So that's plural search dogs. And the other is uh, detectionsciencesolutions.com. 
Well, just to remind you, I was speaking with Dr. Mary Cable. She is a world-renowned expert. She's pioneered new fields of scientific research by integrating her experiences, a canine search and rescue handler and trainer. It was really wonderful to have her. I'm going to have her back because I have a lot more questions. <laughs> well, it's never too early to prepare your petitude for the holidays. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. You know, I recently read a story in a Michigan online site about a woman who was attending a dinner party where a visiting dog humped all the guests. That's so annoying. One particular guest finally expressed her disapproval of the extremely annoying dog. She had words with the dog owners and then the hostess. Fast forward, she's no longer invited to the host's house nor socializes with them. Lesson to learn. If a dog is being difficult around guests, you have a duty to stop your pet from being obnoxious by crating him or her. You could also put your annoying pet away in another room or send them to the kennel overnight if you're having a dinner party. Now, if you're an invited guest and bothered by an ill-behaved dog, you can always excuse yourself from the party. You could say there's an emergency at home, but the best advice is talk gently to the host within one or two days after the big soiree and, and explain to them, express to them while you left early, but be gentle. The host might learn a lesson too. Hope this gives you some food for thought for the upcoming holiday season. How do you end the summer season in Omaha if you're a dog lover? News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Sunny Slope Pool in Omaha, Nebraska, has been a favorite place for neighborhood families and friends to spend the summer. I love their end of the year season tradition. On September 4th, the pool closes at 5 p.m., but opens to dogs and their owners. This favorite event is free to members and non-member dog owners. There's even a baby pool available for small dogs and those who are not used to the water. Swimming is a great bonding activity for dogs and their owners. Having dogs swim as an end of the year summer season event is something really good. Hey, Dr. Fleck, did you hear the chimes? Did you hear the bells? Oh, my God. Is it that time again? It always is. You say the same thing every week. It seems like you want to stay forever. Yes. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking with women in the pet industry about their businesses, their products, and their overall view of the industry as a whole. So isn't that going to be an interesting topic, Dr. Fleck? Yeah, I'm real interested in that. Yes. Okay. Dr. Fleck, can you please thank our guest? Special thanks to our guest, Don Fedler and Dr. Mary Cable. Also, our thoughts are with the people of Maui, their pets, as well as the search and rescue dogs and their handlers who are working in Lahaina. Special prayers for yes. them. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And Dr. Marty Goldstein's Natural Blend, a premium freeze-dried dog food. If you have any questions, 
write to us at team at the We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called Nature's Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourish skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply.